The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. It's that time on Riviera Radio where it's my joy to say hi, good morning to Rob Kay. How are you, Rob? Uh, good morning. I didn't realise it was a joy to speak to you. Well, me. I don't I, know. I'm very well, thank you. I'm feeling, <laughs> I'm feeling springful this morning, so good, make, good. make the most of it. Eh? Absolutely. Anyway, we have serious things to, to discuss, as always. Last week you mentioned not necessarily considering your property to be an investment asset, but primarily a home for your family. That prompted lots of people to ask lots of property-related questions, and clearly this is a subject which is at the forefront of many people's thoughts at the moment. But before we discuss property, what jumped out of the broadsheets at you this past week? Well, it, it, I suppose it hasn't really jumped out of the broadsheet, but this this week here in Monaco, everything has been building towards 3 o'clock today and the 79th Monaco Grand Prix. Local hero Charles Leclerc will be hoping his luck changes. Last year, he was unable to start the race after damaging his car in qualifying. Last week, he retired while leading the Spanish Grand Prix, and two weeks ago, he managed to spin Nicky Lauda's iconic 1974 Ferrari 312B3 into the barriers at the Rascas Corner during a demonstration run at the Monaco Historic Grand Prix weekend. So after a couple of weeks of sweltering heat, today's visitors could be disappointed by the weather, but potentially the damp conditions could make today's race very eventful. Many of us have uh, have never returned to travelling, and especially flying. Air Help, a company who specialises in air passenger rights, this week published its top 10 of worst French airports for flight delays during the first quarter of 2022. And I was really surprised to discover that Grenoble has topped the list with a massive 38% of its flights disrupted. Second was Paris uh, Charles de Gaulle with 22% of its flights disrupted and Nice was now back in seventh place with 18%. And the same study was carried out in 2019, Charles de Gaulle topped the list with Marseille and then Nice in second and third place respectively. Often it's not the airports that cause a flight delay, um, it's normally something like the weather or strikes or, or technical problems. And obviously larger airports generally have more issues because they have a larger number of flights, making coordination more difficult. That's obviously not the case with Grenoble, so if you can or maybe want to, it's, it's possibly one to avoid. This week we also all learned about affiliation. When bizarrely it was confirmed the father of UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson, Stanley Johnson, has become French. Despite being born in Cornwall and having his main home in the UK, the 81-year-old former Conservative MEP claimed the rights via affiliation through his mother, Irene Williams, who was apparently French. While on the subject of the Johnson family, if anyone is bored as me about Partygate, I think most of us are, as Boris once again dodged all the number 10 drinking and party allegations, he also announced a multi-billion pound package to help households with the cost of living, which will be partly funded by a windfall tax on oil and gas companies. Johnson said the poorest households will benefit with increases to the warm homes discount and the winter fuel allowance. It was also announced this week that an increase in tax revenue and a fall in spending on fighting Covid has also given the UK government a boost, bringing down national borrowings when inflation is approaching double digits. Then, on a slightly more lighter note, I was also amused this week to read that... uh, A guy called Jonathan Searle has been named police chief of Martha's Vineyard, the island in Massachusetts where most of Jaws was filmed. Now, Searle had a small role in the film as one of the kids who placed a fake shark's fin in the water off Amity Island. Last week, 47 years later, 
Bizarrely, Searle, was, Searle, Charles, Searle charged a man for doing the very same thing he'd acted out in the film, lying to beach goers about seeing a pair of sharks off the island. Quite obviously, that's a film from your youth, I guess. <laughs> it certainly is, Howard, yes. <laughs> OK, well, I suppose the property starting point for most people is deciding to buy. Is the process quite straightforward in France? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure buying a pro- property is ever straightforward, Howard, but uh, the process in France is quite standardised, um, which doesn't take uh, a lot of the stress out of the process, but it can help. Once you've identified the property you want to buy, your estate agent, the Immobilier in French, will help smooth the process as much as possible because, bluntly speaking, that's how they earn their commissions. The Immobilier will help with the negotiation process um, and you, you could be asked to sign an offer de tâche, which is a commitment to purchase the property. Once your offer has been accepted, the property is usually taken off the market and your immobilier will put together the details required to draw up the initial sales document. Usually this is the compromis de vente. The compromis de vente is a, is a contract of sale agreement which binds the seller and the buyer. It can be drawn up by the immobilier, but usually it's organised by a notaire. And it's normal in France for the notaire to support both vendor and purchaser on an impartial basis. So don't let that worry you. Usually the price you see advertised includes the immobilier fee and the only additional fee is the notaire's charge for conducting the sales process. Notaire fees uh, vary by region but they're usually between around 7 and 10% of the purchase price. The notaire also collects and pays land taxes on your behalf. Once you sign the compromise of vente, then you have a 10-day cooling off period. During this period, you must pay the deposit, which can vary between 5 and 10%, and you can withdraw from the purchase without any penalty. But after the 10 days, if you change your mind, you will lose your deposit. It's important to remember that 10 days includes public holidays and weekends, and it starts the day after the compromis de vente is delivered, which is usually by email these days. If you want to withdraw, you must send written confirmation to the notaire before the end of the 10 days. Now, completion can be done quicker, but it usually takes about three months from the signing of the compromis de vente to get to the act de vente, which is the final document in the buying process. The signing of the act de vente takes place at the office of the notaire. The buyer, seller and the notaire must be present, although a power of attorney can be granted to the notaire if either party can't attend. The date is usually set well in advance, but it also can be subject to change. You'll need to ensure the balance of the funds have been transferred to the notaire's bank account and you can't pay cash or cheque on the day. But once the act of vente is signed, you're then the legal owner of the property. If we're selling a property to upsize or downsize, what issues should we be mindful about? Um... Usually people who upsize or downsize have been through the French buying process before, so they they know what to expect and they understand how the system works. The issue that comes up time and time again is underestimating costs. If it costs you 6% to sell, then a further 7% to buy, that 13% can put a very big hole in your budget and sometimes negate the reason for moving. There can be lots of pitfalls, but the most common we see are not having the right documentation, such as surveys and planning permission certificates, as well as the sales and purchase costs, underestimating renovation costs and extra fees is also a regular issue. And for many foreigners, signing French contracts without fully understanding the implications of French laws and taxes can be an issue. 
buying property is usually one of the most expensive purchases we make in our lives. So I urge a little caution. Be sure the property is what and where you want. People frequently buy somewhere they think they know, maybe after spending holidays there. Once they're full-time, they then discover that their dream home is not in and what I would describe as an all-year-round village. It's as dead as a dodo in winter, which, if you then decide to move on, can turn out to have been a very costly impulse purchase. Can you briefly explain how capital gains tax works? Is there a difference between France and, say, the UK? Yeah, I'm not sure you can do this briefly, Howard, but, but in most countries, when you, when you sell your main home, if you make a profit, that gain is usually tax-free, and that's the case in both the UK and France. When you sell a property which is not your principal private residence or your maison principale, that's where there are major differences between the UK and the French systems. In the UK, you'll have a capital gains tax liability on the difference between the price you pay for that property and the price you sell it for. In France, depending on the number of years you've owned a maison secondaire, you benefit from a reduction generally known in France as an abattement. To separate uh, calculations need to then be performed to arrive at the correct amount of tax and social charges that will be payable. For the tax element, after the first five years of ownership, your realised gain is reduced by 6% per year, then 4% in the 22nd year, which means a full exemption from capital gains tax after 22 years. The reduction for social charges works in a very similar way. It just takes a little longer. From the sixth year, the social charge liability reduces by just 1.65% per year. It then accelerates to 9% from year 23, and a total exemption is then achieved after 30 years. The major reductions are weighted towards the last seven years of ownership, which is a common misunderstanding which catches plenty of people out. So many people pay more in social charges than tax, but then again, it's only taxed by another name. Is wealth tax an issue we need to be aware of? Since, uh, since President Macron was first elected, wealth tax has only been applied to real estate. So after his re-election recently, I can't see the current system changing for the, at least the next five years. The nil rate threshold, however, has not changed for over 10 years. So the 1.3 million euro uh, nil rate band might sound like a high waterline, but in reality, it's actually much lower than it was relatively speaking, in 2012. Wealth tax ap applies to worldwide real estate, not just French-based property, so the cumulative total can easily be surpassed. We re recently did some work for a widow who, ha who asked us to help her develop a succession strategy which would minimise her son's eventual succession tax liability when she passes. It quickly became clear that an unintended consequence would be wealth tax because of the way his and her assets had been arranged. He had his own property and he'd inherited f property from his father, but when his mum dies, he'll inherit more property, which will push him well beyond the threshold, giving him a wealth tax liability. Most of his and her cash assets will be wiped out by the succession tax, so all he will be left with is real estate and uh, very little by the way of liquid assets. As I said, an unintended wealth tax consequence. You also need to understand the limitations Macron has introduced for loans. In the past, you could simply borrow money against your property and that would reduce its net value, meaning you avoid wealth tax or you could avoid wealth tax. The taxman now has that loophole covered, so you need to understand how those changes affect your situation because you could be paying your bank interest 
to loan you your own money and then also potentially inadvertently have a wealth tax liability. Francis recently clarified the social charge rules, which is very beneficial for British retirees who own a French property, as I understand it. Yeah, the, the recent announcement by the French authorities ended a real Brexit saga, Howard. They, they announced British pensioners will continue to pay reduced levels of social charges on rental income, capital gains and investment income, which really highlights the importance of obtaining an S1. That was formerly known as uh, an E121. If you're entitled to a UK state pension, you can apply for an S1. Now, most of the listeners will know an S1 gets you into the French health system. Many are less aware of the social charge benefits because you've not contributed to the French health system. Your membership is effectively funded by the UK via the S1. You therefore don't need to pay French social charges, which is a massive bonus for British nationals thinking of spending their retirement living in France. Your French neighbour, who has spent his or her entire life working in France, must still pay a 9.1% social charge on their French pensions, which in its essence is funding their retirement health care. This announcement is definitely great news for UK residents who realise a capital gain when they sell French property, UK residents who own and rent out French properties. But importantly, for every British national who lives in France and holds an S1, this ruling confirms they will pay pre-levement solidarity, not social charges on dividend interest and capital gains on stocks and shares and investments. If I try and put some numbers to this announcement, it will highlight how significant it is. I recently spoke to a couple who bought a French holiday home in 2005. Back then they paid €80,000, then spent a further 20000 renovating it. Their Immobilia has now advertised this property on the market for €360,000. If they get the asking price, they will realise a capital gain of €260,000 and after the abatement, they will have a capital gains tax liability and a social charge liability to pay on approximately €213,000. If they had to pay the usual investment social charge on this gain, that would cost them about €36,600. Following this recent announcement, the application of the pre levement de solidarity will charge will mean they only pay €16,000, a saving of over €20,000, a not insignificant amount in anyone's book, Howard. Earlier we mentioned downsizing. Is this something many people do? And if so, why? Yeah, we're, we're faced with this challenge quite frequently because um, most expatriates dream of retiring to warmer climates and owning a piece of, uh, a piece of paradise, shall we call it. Many of us, uh, often many of us, our homes are our biggest asset and usually the most expensive item we'll ever own. Lots of British expatriates have benefited from the UK property boom before they left the UK. If that's your experience, it's logical to expect the same strategy will apply once you move to your dream home, let's say here in the south of France. But there are risks with any investment, especially if you're overexposed to a specific asset class, and property can't be included from that scenario. I remember my dad telling me back in the early 80s, you can't eat bricks and mortar. Back then I didn't realise paying 15% interest on a mortgage was expensive. I didn't know it at the time, but Dad was under a great deal of stress because his home was his main asset and he was working hard to pay the mortgage to keep the roof over our heads. Now I realise he could see how exposed he was having his investment assets all in one illiquid asset class. Maybe that's why I consider my home to be my home, not an investment necessarily, Howard. Through careful planning, Blevins Franks have helped so many clients successfully downsize over the years, 
Downsizing can frequently offer a balance between reducing expenses, securing a comfortable retirement, and providing a tax-efficient legacy for future generations. From an estate planning and succession tax perspective, is it better to hold property or securities? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting question. Um, when, a, when a French resident dies, French succession tax is payable on the worldwide estate, the worldwide assets. The beneficiaries pay succession tax on what they receive. There are some exceptions. Transfers to spouses or PAX partners are entirely exempt from tax. Children receive the first €100,000 before they start paying tax. And there are some smaller allowances for heirs who are more distant in the bloodline, shall we say. I said earlier property is a liquid, and when there's less flexibility, it's more difficult to plan or reduce tax. The important aspects of any tax planning is to use what is legitimately available, whether that's allowances or structures. There are certainly more opportunities to reduce your heirs' succession tax bills when they receive a lump sum than there is when they inherit a property. Holding investment assets, for instance, in an assurance fee is a brilliant way to eliminate or substantially reduce the succession tax your beneficiaries will pay when you die. That is especially the case when your beneficiaries are not of your direct bloodline. Without any planning, those heirs could easily lose 60% of their inheritance to the French taxman. Lots of listeners still have UK properties. Does that present additional problems these days? Well, if, if you move to France but you still have UK-based assets or income, then they're exposed to the UK rules. And, and over the last few years, the freeze that the UK has applied to thresholds and allowances has really started to take, um, take effect and have an impact. As every year passes, the 2015 change, which closed the non-resident capital gains loophole, gathers in more and more of your UK property gain. If you're a French resident, the longer you own a UK property and the more it appreciates in value, the more UK capital gains tax you'll pay when you come to sell it. As I described a few minutes ago, this is completely at odds with the French system, which discounts the taxation of property gains the longer you own a property. UK rental income is liable to UK income tax and non-residents still benefit from UK personal allowances. One possibility which has been floated in the UK is the removal of those personal allowances for non-UK residents. It's estimated removing personal allowances for non-residents could generate somewhere in the region of £1 billion of additional revenue for the UK taxman. And that's every year, so that's uh, maybe a good reason to consider whether UK rental property is still a worthwhile long-term asset to hold in your overall investment portfolio with what potentially might be on the horizon. When you die, if you hold UK-situated assets, whether that's real estate, securities or cash, those assets are liable to UK inheritance tax. France allows a a tax credit for the tax paid in the UK, which ensures tax isn't paid twice. However, your estate or your beneficiaries will pay the highest rate which is applicable in either the UK or France. Now, as a Riviera Radio listener, if you'd like to discuss how you have your assets structured or your wider financial planning arrangements, you can enjoy a complimentary discussion with a Blevins Franks partner. And to arrange a call or a face-to-face meeting, all you need to do is contact our French office on 0493-001780. That's 0493-001780. Alternatively, you can call our Monaco office, and the number here in Monaco is 97775574. That's 97775574. 
And if you prefer, or if you prefer, you can find out more about Blevins Franks or arrange to meet with a Blevins Franks partner by simply visiting the website, which is www.blevinsfranks.com. Many thanks, Rob. We'll talk again next Sunday morning. Look forward to it, Harold. Have a great week. The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this program, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493001780 or riviera at blevinsfranks.com. Are you looking for specialist investment advice? Blevins Franks has decades of experience providing wealth management and portfolio management to expatriates in France. We start by getting to know your circumstances, objectives, and risk tolerance. Then choose the right blend of assets and managers to create a well-diversified portfolio for you. For personalized investment advice and peace of mind, contact Blevins Franks on 0493001780 or visit blevinsfranks.com.